groups. We had some people over. We just talked about it, opened it up, dug into 1 Corinthians 12, talked about the gift of the Spirit. Um, yeah, and just like the work, testimonies, opening up to testimonies, people's life, uh, experience with the Holy Spirit, and just tapping into that. So we're just, just starting. So That's awesome. That was in your guys' life group? Yeah, that's good. We're going we're gonna to try to um, advertise some of the life groups that are going on around Lansing in the next couple of weeks. So if you're looking to get involved in a life group, get with me or Tyler, and we can get you plugged into one. But um, anybody else have a testimony really quick that they want to share? All right, so the way that we're going to do this, like we, like we said last week, we're trying – I'm not just going to teach and preach on the Holy Spirit. I want to have an open discussion on the Holy Spirit, which I loved how it was last week. There was a bunch of questions, a bunch of, um, yeah, just everybody kind of like sharing. I had some testimonies, people sharing their heart. But like I want us to continue to talk about the Holy Spirit and, and have an open discussion about the Holy Spirit, right? I want us all, like if you have a question, please ask it because I'm sure multiple people have had the same question. Don't go home with a question, right? Don't. I always say it, like, if I'm, a, if I'm a history teacher and I'm teaching you history and you guys leave and you don't really understand history, then I'm not a very good history teacher, right? So, like, my goal is for people to understand and my goal is for people to, to get, like, if I'm a dad and I'm teaching my son something and I'm like, no questions, we don't get any questions. Like, I'm not a very good dad. <laughs> and I'm not going to, and he's not going to leave understanding things because it's, my goal is understanding. And if my goal is understanding, then I'm going to create spaces for opportunities for questions, right? But just know, when you ask a public question, you will get a public answer. That's the only ca caveat to it, right? So just like, I'm not trying to be mean to people, but when we ask public questions, you will have to get a public answer. So I'm not against, I'm not against questions. I love them to death. But just please don't be offended if I answer your question publicly, right? Okay, does that make sense? All right, so look at Acts chapter 2. We're going to continue in this. It was mine. I touched it. I cannot figure this microphone out. So we talked about last week how the Holy Spirit, and I was talking to Brian about it actually yesterday about, or Friday, one of the two, but about, um, we established in Acts chapter 8, I believe, how the baptism of the Holy Spirit and an encounter with the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from salvation. And I say it this way, this is the best way that I can come up to say it, is that the gift, the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon us and the promise of the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from salvation, but we don't have to separate it. Does that make sense? It's a separate experience than salvation. We're born again and we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but it can come at the same time. The problem is, is that most of the time is it's not taught that way, right? Most of the time we've received, like, and this is how I, I've understood it in my life was people said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? And I'm like, I'm not so much as heard there was a Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 19, right? I'm the disciples in Acts chapter 19. I'm like, didn't even know it was around, right? Didn't know it was available. I always say, if somebody stood up and preached what I preach, I would have ran to the front and knocked everybody over and been like, I want what, you, what you're talking about. It's for me. 
And I want us to see that it's for us, and I want us to see that it's available for us, but I want us to also understand why it's available for us and why the Lord's plan was for us to receive the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. Okay, so look at this, Acts chapter 2, and then we're going to go to Galatians chapter 3. Like I said, if you have any questions, is there any questions from last week before we get into it? Anyone's been chewing on something all week and has waiting to ask it? You guys are scared because I said public questions get public answers? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a testimony. I know, I'm just kidding you. Hey, go get it. Go get her, Nate. You got to have it in the microphone so that everybody can hear it. Yeah, it's okay. Hmm? Um, a couple of different people had brought up um, ask and you shall receive, knock, and the door will be open to you. I all week just have been thinking about that because um, it doesn't say ask and you can get answers. Ask and you might get answers. It's ask and you will receive. Mm hmm. And it's, I saw that as a promise yeah, amen. that, you know, as long as you ask you, it will be given to you. It mm -hmm. will be not that it can or that it might, or, you know, you can hope for it, but asking mm -hmm. you can, or yeah. asking you will yeah, that, is what it was. That's so good. Yeah. I love it. I love how Jesus is like, you know, we grow up hearing that don't say never and always. Jesus always says never and always. Like, he's like, I will never leave you. You know what I mean? I will always love you. All these things that we're just like, no, we shouldn't say that. And Jesus kind of flips the world upside down. But I love that, like, that understanding is it is a promise. It is the promise of the father. And when a son asks for something from his father, he's a good father. And he'll, will give, he will give good gifts of the Holy Spirit. He will give the Holy Spirit when we ask. And that's what I want us to, like, affirm is, like, people that, like, people that came up to receive last week, people that came up and asked, like, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You've been given the Holy Spirit because you ask. When you ask, you always receive. It's something that is, we either doubt his goodness or we receive every time, right? That's all it is. It's either you doubting whether God is good and gives you good gifts or you have the answer of what you asked for, plain and simple. So we have to be people that really trust his goodness and trust him as a father. Does that make sense? Okay, so look at this, Acts chapter 2. We talked about it last week, how the reason that the Holy Spirit came was to make us a witness. The reason that the Holy, the, the giving of the Holy Spirit was to make us a witness. Not just to be, not just to do witnessing, but to actually become something. And I want us to understand this because the life that Jesus calls us to live is absolutely, incredibly impossible apart from him. Like, when Jesus talks about it in the Beatitudes, he's not just, everyone says it is in like Matthew chapter five through Matthew chapter seven or whatever, eight. And it's like, he's, they're like, man, Jesus like really like raises the bar to, to make you guilty, which that's what the law already came to do is make you guilty. Jesus raises the bar to show you the impossibility of his life that he called you to live. And I think that here's a problem is a lot of times Christians think that we can live the gospel and live out Christianity in our own strength and you cannot. Like, there is absolutely zero that you can do. There is zero fruit that you can bear apart from him. Zero. Like, <laughs> I always say, like, super encouraging word is your righteousness is filthy rags to the Lord. That's super encouraging. That means that your righteousness, the best that you can do on your best day is filthy rags to the Lord in your own strength. It's freedom because you don't understand. Jesus literally set a standard that was just like absolutely impossible for everybody to live. 
And he invites you in to say, hey, but if you come, be with me and follow me, believe in me, I'm going to give you power now to go and do the same thing that you're called to do. Because what I just, the standard that I just set for you is impossible, but if you come, I will give you the tool now to actually do what I've called you to do. And that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you. Okay, look, Acts chapter 2. Um, verse 8, or 38, I'm sorry. This is just Peter kind of summarizing his message, and he's saying, they're like, what shall we do that we may be born again? And Peter said to them, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, or name of the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. What's remission mean? Forgiveness, right? The forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, what's he talking about? The Holy Spirit. The promise is to you and to your children and to all, say all, who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. So look. This is, what, this is why I'm saying it's a separate experience, and the majority of time, the reason why it's a separate experience is because it's not taught well. It's not taught that, hey, repent, repent, believe, and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Repent, believe, and you'll receive the Holy Spirit, right? Like, it was repent, be baptized to show that you have a declaration of, a public declaration of, of your faith in Jesus, and that was kind of it for me. It wasn't repent for the remission of your sins, be baptized and, and identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That was not, that was not what, I, what I heard. And that's why, that's what I'm saying is it's a separate experience. It was a separate experience in my life, but it doesn't have to be a separate experience. And it won't be when it comes out of my mouth ever again. Because I'm not going to let Tyler go on with a pure heart, sins forgiven, a desire to live like, like Jesus without the power to do it. Do you understand that? We're doing people a disservice if you don't fill them with the Holy Ghost. Does that make sense? Because what I'm doing is I'm saying, Tyler, you can be free, you can be forgiven, you can be washed clean, but here's the life that you're supposed to live is you're supposed to look like Jesus and it's absolutely incredibly impossible. And there's no way that you can do it in your own strength, but you don't need the Holy Spirit. Right? Because that kind of passed away with the apostles is what people will say. It's, it's fo- that's, that's foolishness because it's abs- Jesus is saying, hey, follow me. And we're just like, yeah, we, we can't do that. And he's just like, I know you can't. But here's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And once he comes, everything's going to be different about you, right? Because then what you couldn't do in your own strength happens by the fruit of the Spirit. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's grown because of the Spirit, right? The, the whole, that's why the Holy Spirit makes you a witness he doesn't just make you able to do witnessing, right? He doesn't just help me to be able to tell Taya about Jesus. He doesn't just help me heal the sick. He actually makes me something, right? We read it last week. Like the mystery has been revealed. It's Christ in you, the hope of God being manifest, the hope of God's glory. So it's Christ in Tyler, the hope of God's glory being manifest. So do you see it? For me to say that Tyler... All right, you can be completely forgiven of everything that you've ever done, the remission of your sins because of the blood of Jesus, a brand new heart, brand new desires, brand new heart to actually live out the the conviction of of what God's called us to, but not give him the power to do it would be doing him a disservice, right? That's why so many times, and, and I mean, I'm sure it happens a lot, and I've done it a million times in my life. We have super strong desires for God, or we have desires to do things in our, and we don't even, how do I say it? We, how many of you guys have ever had 
you see something in the word, you see something in Jesus's life, you see something that you feel like you're called to and, and, the, and, the, and the scriptures call you to, and you've tried and tried and tried, but there's, it's absolutely impossible for you to do it. Has anyone ever had that happen? Has anyone ever actually tried to do things that Jesus called you to do in your own strength? Has anyone ever tried that? You ever been frustrated in your life? <laughs> right? Has anyone ever tried to love their wife like Christ loves the church? Right? That's what Jesus says. He doesn't just say, hey, love your wife. Don't divorce her. Don't do all these. He says, I want you to love your wife as I love the church. And then Jesus modeled something in loving the church, which is absolutely incredible. In laying his life down for the sake of another with never, ever, ever, ever knowing for a fact that they're ever going to respond in the same way. And then he's like, and I want you to love your wife the same way, the person that you live with every single day. And then we try to do it in our own strength, right? Like, this is something that I was like, I think I can do this in my own strength. Like, Taya's pretty awesome. And it's like, and the Lord's like, Dylan, you can't do it in your own strength. And I'm like, I thought I, I really think I can, Lord. And I try, and I'm just like, holy cow. Like, when you, and this is why it's so important for us to understand this, is you'll live your life as a, as a frustrated Christian because your desire will be, will be changed. Your desire will be for holiness. Your desire will be for the Lord, but you won't have the power to live it out right? Has anyone ever just been like, has anyone ever recognized something in your life's changed without you even trying? Right? What, where do you think that comes from? Jesus, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the transformation that comes because of the Holy Spirit, right? That's why Jesus says it. I mean, we, we sing it all the time, this little light of mine. That's why he says, if you light a lamp, I'm not going to put it under a basket. I'm going to light a lamp and put it on a lampstand so that all can see it. That's why Jesus says, if you make the tree good, the fruit will be good, right? Jesus is not pinpointing problems in people's lives. It's crazy to me, like, how this happens. I, like, the Holy Spirit, like, plainly put, can just transform people's lives without even trying. Like, it's just what he does when he comes and when people let him come. And that's the biggest thing, is when you understand it and you give yourself to the Holy Spirit and the transformative power of the Holy Spirit, you actually begin to walk in the Spirit and fruit starts to bear on your tree without you trying, and here's the thing that's so sweet is in the long run, the Lord gets all the glory for that and not your effort, right? Because if, 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 if I can do everything that I'm called to do in my own strength, then I don't need Jesus, right? That's why Paul talks about it in, in, in Galatians, oh, let's just go there, Galatians chapter two. Any questions on that? Chapter two and three. We're gonna start in the end of two and then we're gonna go to three. But I want us to see this, okay? That the, that the gift of the Holy Spirit is not just for, it's not just for tongues. It's not just for, for the, the, let me say it this way. The promise of the Holy Spirit is not just for tongues and it's not for the gifts of the Spirit. Those are all awesome. But the, the, the promise of the Holy Spirit is actually for an empowerment to live the Christian life. The gifts and all that stuff come, right? You can't earn gifts. Gifts just come. And you enjoy them when they come. But fruit is something that's grown on your tree because of something that's in you, right? The fruit that's grown on your tree is something that's in you. There's something that's in you that's producing fruit on your tree. That's why gifting is not really a, a, a testament of maturity. Think about this, right? If we know that, if we give somebody that's like, let's say that, that Rachel is like, has a super strong prophetic gift. So when Rachel actually can stand up, she can like literally call out 
things in people's lives that like, and, and unlock things and prophesy over them what God said about them. And all these things that are incredible, what we think is, holy cow, she really knows the Lord. Do, we, do, do you agree? Right? If Rachel stands up and just says like, hey, this is what you've been praying to the Lord. He's saying it's answered. This is what you guys have been believing the Lord for. He's saying that it's going to come. He goes, she goes right down the line like a lawnmower and just mows everybody down. Right? As, from a gift of the Holy Spirit, you think she's incredibly mature. And that's not the case. Because it's a gifting. And what's crazy about a gifting is a gifting is for the body. See, it blessed Lily, it blessed Nathaniel, it blessed Rob and Sarah. Right down the line, it can bless everybody, but she doesn't need maturity to walk in that. And it's not, a, it's not a stamp of approval on her. That's why you see so many people flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then you realize that they weren't probably the coolest dude in the world. Because gift, God gives his gifts without repentance. And this is what's even crazier, is God loves he loves people so much that he'll actually flow through Rachel for, Pete, for Lily and Nathaniel and Rob because he loves them so much that he wants them to hear and he'll use her to do it. But he's not stamping his approval on what she's doing or how she's living, right? That's why it's so funny. Is like, I heard somebody say it. It's like, you're found by a father, but you're fashioned in family. And it's like, you're discovered and found by Jesus and by the father, but like the way that you work out and live your salvation is in the midst of community is in the midst of a family. You can't, like, that's why you can't just, like, Rachel can't just blow in, blow up, and blow out. Like, that in, in Christianity, true Christianity, she has to actually be a part of a family because we're walking together and knowing each other, and that's where you're actually formed. Like, I heard a pastor say, is like, I have all the fruit of the Spirit when you guys aren't around, right? Like, you think you're super patient when you don't have kids and you don't have people around you, and the people around you are the people you like. You know what I mean? You're like, wow, I'm super, like I actually, to be honest with you, I actually thought like multiple times, I'm like, I'm super patient. I don't know why people struggle with this. And now I have two kids and I'm just like, I'm actually incredibly impatient, like <laughs> incredibly impatient. Like <laughs> I always laugh. I told Tay, I'm like, like I'll watch Valor for like a whole day. And I'm like, I did, I got like an 80%, I feel like. Like I did like 80% well. And then the one time I was like, like yesterday, was it yesterday? It was like, he had like this big tantrum and I was just like, buddy, and I'm just talking him through it super good. And then I'm in the, like the bathroom trying to clean and he's over here and I like pushed him away. And then he's over here in this way. And then he grabs the thing and sprays it all over the wall. And I'm like, I just like, dude, get lost. What's wrong with you? Like that. And then Taya's like, he's not a dog. I'm like, I know he's not a dog, but I'm just like, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, cause he's so, like, he's so fast from here to here to there before I could even do anything. And I'm just like, I just need to clean this stinking bathroom before people come over. Just get lost. And I was like, it's 80%. Like, you did well in 80% of it, and then you tanked that last part. But I was just like, Lord, I need your, like, I need growth. I need transformation. Like, I need, I need fruit on my tree that's not in my own strength. You know what I mean? But that's why I, we have to see is, like, he loves he loves to pour his gifts out on people. He loves to bless people. But, like, there was a season of my life where I thought that that made me feel like I was okay. Like I was flowing and gifting, but it's like, okay, but I'm not actually like letting the Lord mature me in holiness and Christ likeness. That's why it's so important is because you, a lot of times we seek gifts, we seek the gifts of the spirit, but we need to seek the nature of the spirit, right? Like we pursue, man, I really want to flow in words of knowledge. I really want to see people get healed. And it's like, you really should just pursue love and pursue his nature and all that other stuff will come really easily, Right? And as, as believe, like as a father of the house, like please don't pursue that stuff. 
Because it, it, it will, what you'll do is you'll think that like, okay, um, I, can, I can see healing. I can see, you know, Ty, I saw Tyler get healed in Walmart, but I'm living in compromise in my life. Yeah, he's got a question. But I'm living in compromise somewhere else. And we'll actually judge ourselves and say that, no, that's good. Instead of giving ourselves to the Lord and letting him father us and fashion us. You don't have a question? Okay. Yeah. One of the things the Holy Spirit has done for me, I just wanted to, yeah, little testimony is the things that I couldn't see inside of me mm-hmm. that I was doing that was affecting, you know, in a negative way. The Holy Spirit was like showing some light on it so that I could actually do something about it. Because mm-hmm. there's stuff buried, like just from mm-hmm. everything we've learned, you know, since birth, not quite right the Holy Spirit will shine a little bit of light on it. It's like, there's no way I would have seen that. Exactly. No, and nobody told me. Exactly. Except for the Holy Spirit. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's why, that's why, that's why Jesus is so adamant that he's, he tells his disciples, don't go anywhere until the Holy Spirit comes. He goes, and then all the way through John, in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, he's like, when he comes, are you cold? We can turn it up. Is it cold? Is anyone else cold? Because I'm kind of cold. Who's cold? Who's not cold? Who's cold? Not enough. Sorry, guys. Get a blanket. <clears throat> okay. Um, this is why it's so important, okay? Holy Spirit is saying, Jesus is like, when he comes, he's going to do all these things. He's going to actually do the things that I'm calling you to do. He's actually going to do all the things that I'm speaking over you. He's actually going to bring it to pass. In the same way that the Father spoke over the waters and it was chaos, the Holy Spirit's hovering over them. When the Father spoke, the Holy Spirit brought it to pass. It's the same way in our life, Right? Jesus has actually spoken all these things and called us to all these things, but the Holy Spirit's the one that brings it to pass. It's, it's so important for us to understand that. Like, here's an example. I, was, I went and preached for my buddy, um, my buddy that, that he's a youth pastor in Holland. And I went and preached with Jared, and me and him, like, tag team, or didn't tag team. I just called him up, and we, we ministered a little bit. But, like, so I preached, and I just felt like I'm like, man, I'm, like, struggling to preach. There's a difference between, like, me preaching by... There's just a difference. I don't know. I can't explain it to you. I know when something's off. And I was just like preaching. I'm like, man, Lord. And people were getting blessed and this and that. And Jared comes up and we start like praying for people and prophesying. And it was super awesome. Like he, he was just like, dude, I'm so thankful. I'm like driving home. I'm like, Lord, what's going on? He's just like, you're trying to impress him. Just like that. And I was like, what do you mean by that? He's like, he's like you're, you think that you're spectacular with a gift that I've given you and you're trying to impress him. He's like, and you can't bless anybody that you're trying to impress right? And I'm like, I recognize, I didn't recognize it until the Holy Spirit brought it up to me, but I'm, dude, saw people get healed. <laughs> Jared shares, Jared did it great. Like he didn't have anything to do with what was going on in my heart. Jared stands up, says something about this girl's ear. And he's like, somebody has ear pain, this and that. And she, he's like, okay, it's you right ear, right? Praise. And she's just, he's just praying and she gets healed. And these other two, he's like, what's you guys' names? It's these two girls. And she's just like, hold on. What? how do you know about that girl's ear over there? And he's just like, Jesus told me, well, what do you sound like? <laughs> and he's just, he started laughing. He's just like, and he starts, t- he starts talking about this other girl, same thing, kind of like saying, like, you're called to be an artist, this and that. She's like, she's like, no way. How do you know that? And how do you know about that girl's ear? And what did he sound like? And it was like, Jared's getting interrogated by these two teenage girls. It was so funny, dude. But in that moment, you know what I'm saying? I'm still flowing and gifting because God wants to bless people but my heart posture is wrong. And this is why I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit is he's not just gonna let me go on that way, right? 
because I'm a friend to him and he's a friend to me and I'm just like, hey, if I'm ever off in an area, I need you to slap me because I want to be slapped, right? So he shows me, he's just like, hey, what you're trying to do is you're, try- like, you're in pride and you're trying to live to impress and bless or try to impress people, right? And you're not blessing anybody. He goes, I'm blessing people through your gifting, but he's like, your actual heart posture is not like that, Dylan. And he's showing me that I'm actually not created like that and I don't want that. So in a moment, the repentance is there because the Holy Spirit brought it up. Does that make sense? It's super good, Brian. Any other questions? You want to share something, Michelle? Okay. Michelle's sitting there like chomping at the bit, like, let me share something. I know you didn't raise your hand. I was just thinking of the other side of that too. I like depending on kind of like what your Achilles heel is, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The other side is that if you flown in, flown, flowed, flowed, in, yeah, there we go. If you've been flowing in something just effortlessly for a while, and then all of a sudden you're not anymore, mm-hmm. you can you can start to condemn yourself and mm-hmm. start nitpicking yourself and not try anymore because mm-hmm. you think there's something there you can't see mm-hmm. as opposed to that same truth is valid for both sides of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's a gift mm-hmm. and I don't deserve it anyways. I didn't earn it. I didn't work for it. I just get it. And so if it's not happening right now, I'm going to ask the Lord and maybe it's just mm-hmm. somebody else's turn right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not my turn or whatever, but not to yeah, not let so the true. enemy like quench that the right. Holy Spirit in you during that time by that kind of critical thinking. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's so, that's, that's such a good truth is because it's easy for us to start. Like, and that's one of the things I think about in the, in the work of the Holy Spirit is he's not, like so many people are like, I asked the Holy Spirit this and I feel like he didn't share anything with me. I'm like, well, then he, if he didn't share anything with you, why don't you just trust him and, and there's nothing there. Because so many times we're nitpicking all these things and the Lord's not even the one that's, that's, that's showing you all these things. We're saying like, this is what's wrong with me. This is what's wrong with me. This is what needs to change. And the Lord has actually said none of that stuff. And he's a way better pruner than you are. You know what I mean? Like you're a tree saying, hey, why don't you clip this branch? And he's just like, why don't you just let me do my job? You know what I mean? Like it was funny. I remember I was in a meeting with a guy that needed, I needed to address something in, in this guy's life. And I'm like sitting there and we're talking, we're actually talking about the Holy Spirit. And he completely off the, off the wall was just like, man, what do you think about this? Because I really feel convicted to, to, about this area in my life. And I'm like, well, that was way easier than, than me bringing it up. Like, and the Holy Spirit like brings up something because he wants to address it in the moment. And that's what's so important is for us to understand when it's a relationship with the Holy Spirit, when he brings something up to the surface, all of heaven and all of the grace of God is available for you to be changed, right? So when something is addressed, like in that situation, when the Lord shows me, he's like, hey, you're trying, to imble- you're trying to impress people. All I have to do is repent of that because all of heaven's power is there to transform me, right? I don't need to continue to question my identity. I don't need to continue to question my motive. He showed it to me. That's why light is so important because when light comes, there's no darkness, right? Light is so, so incredible in your lives because light shows you things. He'll shine the light on something and he wants to get rid of it, but you don't have to keep looking and keep checking and, well, I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm going to shut down and I'm going to have Tyler preach the rest of the time because like, no, I addressed it, repented of it. And the Lord actually forgot about it and washed me clean. Now let's just keep running. You know what I mean? Like so many times we just get super nitpicky in our lives and that's the Holy Spirit's job, right? Okay. Any other questions? Galatians chapter two. But I want us, like I said, I want us to see the gift of the Holy Spirit, like we talked about last time, is a separate encounter than salvation that is available for every single person. 
And the reason that it's available for every single person is we all need the power to live the Christian life. There's not anybody in here that can do it in their own strength. Not one of you is that good, right? Not one of you is even close to being that good. It's a good word. Verse 20 of, of chapter 2. Actually, verse 19. Um, verse 19, it says, For I, through the law, died to the law. We're going to get your Bible reading in, in case you guys missed it this morning. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. Right? So you died to something so that you can live for something. I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. I'm going to show you something really quickly. What Paul's talking about, Paul made a decision in repentance. He died and was identified with Jesus in his burial and resurrection, right? He was crucified with Christ. That's what he's talking about in water baptism. What we read at the beginning, repent, be baptized, and then receive the Holy Spirit. Now keep reading. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Man, Paul's really letting them have it, right? Like, imagine if Paul was just, he's like, hey, I want you to read this in front of you guys' whole church, okay? This is like, hey, this is Paul. He started the church. He's just like, you guys are fools. What's wrong with you, right? Paul. But Paul, everyone knew that Paul loved him. That's why. A good father that you know loves you can actually speak super straight with you because you know he loves you, right? Oh, foolish Galatians, having begun in the spirit, having begun in the spirit. Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Having suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain, therefore he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Pause. So do you see how what Paul's saying right here? He's saying that he died to the law so that he could live for God, right? He recognized something that he was being trying to be made right in his own strength. Everybody's like that. We actually have to recognize that the only way that we can be made right is through faith in Jesus, right? The only way that you can ever be made right with God is because of the blood of Jesus, plain and simple. Your good works has nothing to do with your salvation. I remember the Lord said, he's like, Dylan, he goes, you'll understand salvation when you understand you had nothing to do with it. I'm like, oh, that's really good, right? Like, I'll truly understand salvation when I understand that I had nothing to do with it. God, when I was not even a thought in anybody's mind, generations before I was ever even close to being born, God made a plan to save my life and transform my life long before I ever even was a thought. Long before the foundations of the world, Jesus was crucified and the plan was already set in place. That's incredible. Like, and then we think that we're like, yeah, I kind of brought a little bit to the table. We're like, here, Jesus, here's our resume. He's just like, that's a nice resume. Like, <laughs> you got nothing for me, dude. He's like, but I want you, come you know, like that's incredible to me. But we'll understand salvation when we understand we had zero bit to do with it. So Paul is saying that he's repenting in his mind. He's identifying with the death and burial. He's crucified with Christ. That's why we repent. We be baptized. And then he's saying so that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you didn't do it by the works of the law. And having begun in the spirit, don't continue to try to be made perfect in the flesh. 
right? When you received Jesus, the reason that you were transformed and changed, the reason that you were washed clean is because you had faith in God to do it, right? Everybody knows that you didn't earn salvation. Everybody agrees with that. But we also think, or we also kind of trip up is where we, we think that we can actually be made perfect in the flesh. So we're saying, okay, now that we're actually born again, now that we've been made free, now that righteousness is ours, now that we've been washed clean by the spirit of God, what we need to now walk it out is we just need to bite our lip and try to do better. Right? We, we, we laugh about it, but it's true. And our actions prove it's true sometimes. And the frustration proves it's true. That's why what he said, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Because in the kingdom, it's in the Holy Spirit, and it's not your works, and it's not your effort. So now when I need transformation in my life, when I need to be patient with my kids, when I need to love my wife well, when I need to whatever, my only place to go is to him. The only way that I can be changed is, Holy Spirit, I need you to transform my thoughts, my mind. I need you to transform the way that I live. I need you to transform the way that I see. I need you to transform the way that I see my wife, the way that I see myself. I need to know what you've given me. And then when I walk out there, now when I see myself actually start to produce the fruit, I'm thankful for what he's done, not for what I've done. Right? That's why I have absolute confidence that you guys can live like Jesus. Because I trust the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus invests the Holy Spirit in 12 dudes that are not super awesome at that point. Right? Like, like literally think about this. Jesus pitches back up in heaven after his resurrection. And they're just, he's just like, the, the angels are like, this is not biblically accurate at all. So, but the angels are just like, this is just what I think. The angels are just like, what's your plan? They knew his plan, but they're like, what's your plan? <laughs> he's like, those guys got it. And he's like, what do you mean they got it? Yeah, the rest of the world will know because of those two old guys. He's like, what do, you, what do you mean? Those guys. He's like, you don't have a plan B? No, those are my plan A right there. Those well, 11 guys now. Those 11 guys, right? That was his plan. Jesus' his plan, the king of the universe. Because he trusted that when I put my Holy Spirit in them, there's going to be something different about their life. And he's saying, Jesus actually says to them, I have many things I need to tell you, but you literally can't bear them now. But I trust that when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll teach you everything you need to know. So he's just like, peace, right? And we're just like, Tyler's got to know absolutely everything he ever needs to know before he ever even reads a Bible verse in church, right? Like, I'm like, Tyler, I have to make sure that Tyler understands everything perfectly until, so that whenever he ever says anything to anybody, I know that it's going to be good. And Jesus is just like, yeah, y'all look, look like you're good. I'm good. I'll, I'll see you later. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He'll take care of it. Think about it. These dudes, and then these 12 dudes turned the worlds upside down because of a fire that was lit inside of them. Plain and simple, right? What we need in our life is a fire that's lit inside of us. Like what we need in our life is something that changes because of an of a encounter with the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. We don't need more ideas and more thoughts. Like I always tell people, I'm like, you probably know more than, than you need to know right now. What we, need is, what we need is a transformative encounter with the Holy Spirit to just to walk this thing out. And we need to continually encounter the Holy Spirit to continually walk this thing out, right? What the Holy Spirit can do in one, in one second will take away millions and millions of years of what counseling can do, right? The Holy Spirit can unlock things in people's lives in one moment. And as a believer, we need to understand that. We need to understand that 
as we began in the spirit, we're not being made perfect in the flesh. As we began in the spirit, we're not being made perfect by our own works and our own effort, right? The desire that you have to live and look like Jesus is actually a God-given desire and the way you're gonna walk it out is not you doing it in your own strength. Does that make sense? That's freedom to you because it's available for everybody. And that's why the Holy Spirit is available for everybody. That's why he's the answer for every situation. That's why he's the answer for every problem, right? Holy Spirit is the, the jam, the jam. Yeah, yeah, microphone tight. Hey, who's, who has the microphone right now? Oh, he's got running shoes on. My question was, when you say the Holy Spirit is available to, any, to everybody, I just wanted help understanding. Do you mean like everybody non-believers included or the ones who received the salvation. Could you help me understand that? Mm -hmm. Just like Peter says it in Acts chapter 2, that the Holy Spirit is available. He's like, it's for you and for your children and to everyone who's afar off. So anyone that would receive him, anyone that comes, anyone that's, it's available for everybody. And that's what, that's what's so, it's available for anybody that will, yeah, John's got an answer. You can run back there in a minute. What's it say, John? You wrote it. Right? Amen. So look, the Holy Spirit is a, and that's why the Holy Spirit, the, the, the prerequisite to receiving the Holy Spirit is you believing in Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit can't fill, we talked about it last week, he can't fill somebody that's not free from sin. He can't fill somebody that's not righteous. He can't, God can't take up residence in something that's sin. That's why God never actually filled somebody before Jesus came. That's why Jesus says, he's like, the Holy Spirit's gonna come, but I have to be first glorified because until I'm glorified, you're not free. Do you see that? We talked about it last week a little bit. So you should listen to it, it's super good. I talked about it way more in depth, but Jesus actually washes you free. It's on Spotify. <laughs> I read your lips. <laughs> it's so crazy. I like watch everything and I keep my train of thought. I don't know how I do that. But um, so Jesus, that's why I said, so he, you repent, remission of sins, Holy Spirit comes. Because the Holy Spirit fills you. The fact that the Holy Spirit fills you proves that you're free from sin. That's a mind-boggling thought. Think about that. The fact that the Holy Spirit can take up residence in a human being and they don't get struck dead proves that God sets you free from sin. Pro proves that the blood of Jesus actually works and washes you clean. Proves that Jesus and his accomplishment at the cross and when he was resurrected and brought to the Father, he paid a price for you to receive the Holy Spirit because he made you new. That's why whenever you ask, you receive. Because you ask in faith because he's your Father, you've been made free in the in the. There's nothing stopping you from receiving the Holy Spirit, right? There's been so many times that people think that like, I've heard people say it. They're like, hey, sit, like, we got to sit up here and tarry and wait for the Holy Spirit and try to like, they're like, I, I mean, I've even heard people say like, God doesn't fill a dirty vessel. I'm like, you're right. You're clean and you're pure. Just like Colossians says, he's washed you clean and made you pure in his sight. So now he's filled you. So you're not a dirty vessel anymore, right? It's just so crazy that like, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, it's like everybody has a reason why it's not for today or you shouldn't receive him. And I'm just like, I don't know what world we're living in or what Bible we're reading, but like 
it's available for every single person. All you have to do is repent, believe, and receive, right? Does that answer your question? Okay. Any other questions? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Amen. Exactly. So this will keep answering the question. Keep reading, okay? Verse 6 of uh, Galatians chapter 3. If you have a question, just shoot your hand up. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith Preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand in saying, or saying, in you, all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are blessed or those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. <coughs> the blessing of Abraham is righteousness by faith, what he's saying right here. What Abraham received was righteousness by faith. And then everything else in Abraham's life was the fruit of his righteousness with God because he had right standing with God. That's why going forward in your life, it doesn't matter what you're going to encounter. You have him. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter if you have a need, you have him. It doesn't matter if you need healing, you have him. It doesn't matter if you need wisdom, you have him. Because righteousness is yours now. You've been made one with Jesus. That's what he's saying. He's like, faith is the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is, the, is righteousness by faith. Is you didn't earn it, you didn't deserve it, you didn't do everything right, but you believed and you received. So look, keep reading, I'll show you. Verse 10, for as many as are of the works of the law, are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things that are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, right? That's pretty plain and simple, that nobody can do it in their own strength. That's what he's saying. It's evident that no one's justified in the sight of God, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. It's 11.24. Think about this really quickly. The law is not of faith because in the law is your own effort to try to pr prove that you can do it. And you can't, you can't prove yourself and you can't do eff effort and faith that don't coincide together. Striving and faith don't coincide together, right? That's why I love, like I hear a pastor say, faith is not the, is not the byproduct of striving. It's the byproduct of surrender. Faith is not the byproduct of you trying to believe more. Faith is you surrendering, right? Faith is me coming into my bedroom and shutting the door and believing that the Holy Spirit's there and he wants to produce the fruit that I actually am there to actually want to produce. It's not my striving. It's just me surrendering and saying, man, Lord, I need you to help me do this in, my, in, in, do this in me. I need you to help me do this. I can't do it in my own strength. Faith is surrender. That's what he's saying. He's like, the law is actually not of faith. That's good. Jesus says in verse 13, or he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. Right? So Jesus, through his sacrifice, became a curse for us to set us free from that. And then this is the verse I wanted to kind of unpack. Look. So Jesus was cursed on a tree for us. That, that. You could say so that, right? Jesus was a curse so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. And the Gentiles are just anyone who's not a Jew. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, 
that, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And this is what I want us to see, is like we've been saying from the get-go, the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from your personal encounter and born-again experience with Jesus, but it doesn't have to be. Right? It's a separate experience because he's saying, so that the blessing of Abraham, which is righteousness by faith, which is remission of sins, which is washing clean, so that the Holy Spirit and the promise of the Father might come so that we can live a life that's worthy of the gospel. Does that make sense? Is there any questions on that? Because I feel like there is. Is there any questions on that? Please don't not ask it. Mm -hmm. So one of my questions is uh, something that I struggle with is I go to a Christian college. and You go I, to a Christian college? I go to a Christian college. That's what you struggle with? No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> but... They, I don't know if they believe in the workings of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and I do, and mm -hmm. I feel like an outsider sometimes, mm -hmm. and they pray differently than I would, like they don't mm -hmm. have the Holy Spirit with them, and they're mm -hmm. not like convicted in their sins, mm -hmm. like I feel like I go to like a worldly college, I don't feel like I go to a Christian college mm -hmm. sometimes, so it's just kind of hard to like differentiate myself from them. I don't even know what my question is, but it's just like, mm -hmm. how do I... <laughs> work with that. Mm -hmm. like, and I, that's, obvi I obviously pray that the Holy Spirit be in the college mm -hmm. and that the light of the Lord would come in there. Mm -hmm. and just The light of the Lord has come in there. Yeah. yeah. So, Where? Yeah. Where's the light of the Lord come in there? I'm sorry? Where's the light of the Lord come into that college? What do you mean? Yeah, I pray that too. That's the truth. That's what you have to see and that's what everybody has to see. It's like yeah. the, the answer... Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. For out of, his, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And John says, this is what he spoke. He spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, who was not yet given because he wasn't yet glorified. So the, the desire and the, per, and the longing of every single person is the, is the Holy Spirit. The longing is the, the Holy Spirit is the one that actually draws people to God. The Holy Spirit is the one that actually convicts people of sin. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts people that they don't believe in Jesus. That's why when you actually, the way that you live your life can actually convict people that they don't know Jesus, that they don't know God. It actually can convict people. Like people can actually just be around you and see something in your life and actually be drawn to the light that's in you. And that's what God wants to do. Like that's probably why you're there. And if we lose sight of that, then we'll lose sight of why he's actually placed us there. Yeah, you tried to leave, he won't let you. That sounds like him. Brian's got a question. Yeah, and that's what we have to see. And that's what I mean is like, so Jesus is not coming with, this is why it's so important for us to understand that, is what you carry transforms the, the atmosphere. What you carry is the kingdom of God. What you carry is the person of the Holy Spirit. So you're not coming with, like, I always tell people, I'm like, look, I don't really care if you don't believe in healing, I do. Like, I've seen people get healed. So it's just like, 
doesn't really matter to me. And when someone's sick around us, like I'm gonna pray and we'll probably see him healed and then you're gonna have to address what you believe. Like, because so many times people think that you always have to argue people into believing something and no one was ever argued into the kingdom. No one was ever argued into the kingdom. Like, I can give you the best arguments and the best scripture and I actually can refute a lot of wrong doctrine, but it's gonna take an encounter with the person in the love of the Holy Spirit for you to actually encounter something and believe it. And that's what I think that we have to realize is that's what God wants in our lives. Like, that's why you're in your neighborhood. That's why you're in your family. That's why you're in your job. And that's why you're in your school for that reason. Because God wants to use you to actually draw people to himself. He wants to use what he's placed in you to actually be a light in a dark place, to actually be salt in the actual meal of the, of the whole world. And if we don't understand that, then we'll live our lives kind of like purposeless, and I'm not saying you're doing that, but I'm saying we can live our lives purposeless because we don't realize that the light that's in us is burning for not just us, but for other people, right? That's why the Holy Spirit is not just for the, the power in the sense of you, the transformative power like we're talking about, but there is a gifts of the Holy Spirit. There is a working of the Holy Spirit. That's why I say you pursue his, the, you pursue his power, you pursue his fruits, and all those other things are gonna come, but they come because there's needs, Right? It's so crazy to me, like, <clears throat> so many times people want to be comforted or they want the comfort of the Holy Spirit, but they don't ever want to live uncomfortable, right? So many times people want to see people get healed, but they don't ever actually want to be around anybody that needs healing. They want to see people, demons cast out, but they don't want to get around anything that's ever demonic. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, like, our thought process has to change. Like, we're the answer. We're not the, we're not, we're not waiting for a problem, Right? It's like, people are like, I've never seen anyone get healed. I'm like, have you ever prayed for anybody? No. Okay, well, then I can't help you there. You know what I'm saying? Like, until we lay our hands on, on people, then we're not, probably not going to see anything ever. And if we don't believe it, then we're probably definitely not going to see it because it follows the believer. Right? Yeah, John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People have asked me things. Right. What I'm saying, what I think in my mind yeah. is being transposed by the Spirit and ruled because of my heart. Exactly. It's so true. He knows who needs it. Amen. And he puts it in their ears and in their hearts the way he wants it. Amen. Right? And I walk away and said, I'll tell the pastor to pray for you and get you saved. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that's what, that's why it's so, that's what's so crazy about like, and that's what I mean is like God works through a bunch of foolishness, not John, but like just foolishness, you know, you'll take it. John, we work through foolishness and John, you know what I mean? No, but it's true. Like, that's why you're just like, oh, how come I grew up and I never understood all this stuff, but I still, still saw like this. Like I was telling people, I remember sitting by a plane or sitting on a plane next to a guy that was a, a youth pastor in Colorado. And he was a youth pastor in one of the biggest like churches in Colorado of this specific denomination that doesn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he says, like, we don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We don't believe in healing. We believe all that, the Holy Spirit and all the gifts passed away with the apostles, which a ton of people believe, which is completely ridiculous. But they said that, and I can prove it really quickly and really simply. But he says, in worship, a girl that was deaf got actually healed. Her ears got open. Nobody prayed for her in a church that doesn't believe in it. And I'm just like, so what do you guys do with that one? He goes, yeah, I, 
I mean, dude, it's crazy. That's what he said. You didn't have an answer for me. But I'm like, in a church that doesn't, because God is just loves people. Like, that's why it's so, like, he works in the midst of our foolishness and our struggles. Like, that's why I'm saying when I was preaching from the wrong place and the wrong heart, God's still touching people and setting people free. It's, it, it's incredible. And that's why when your heart is pure and when you're pursuing God, even if you're off in some areas, God's going to bring it to your, to your revelation. Like, John, do you know where you were wrong before? You don't know where you were wrong? Well, that's what I'm saying. You know where, I'm saying you know now where you were wrong, right? That's what I'm saying. So Holy Spirit, actually, because of John's pure heart and his pursuit of Jesus, he worked things out along the way. And that's where I think a lot of people is like, God is not looking for perfection. Like, he's not looking for perfection in your life. He's looking, like, I'm not looking for valor. I'm, hey, buddy, I'm going to teach you how to build a, a table, and he just hits it out of the park on the first try. Like, I'm, a da- I'm not a very good dad. Like, Jesus is looking for us to step out and just actually start pursuing things and walking in the direction that he's called us to in pure faith and actually response to what he's called us to in simplicity. And I believe he's going to work things. Like, there's areas in my heart that won't be revealed until I walk in a level of greater fruitfulness. Do you understand that? Like, there's things like people are like, well, yeah, money's no problem in, in my life. Well, what if the Lord blesses your business where you have a ton of money? Then what? Like, it doesn't, you don't have any money right now, so I can see that there's not a problem in your life. You know what I mean? But like that doesn't, that thing doesn't rise up in your heart until there's actually fruitfulness. And then that's why the Lord rewards fruitfulness with pruning, right? He says, when you bear fruit, I'm going to prune you and you're going to bear much fruit, more fruit. Because when there's fruitfulness, there's actually pruning that actually has to happen. But we're just like, no, everything's got to be perfect before we step out. And that's not how, that's not how the Lord is, right? Like there's, everyone's just like, you know, I'm, I'm super humble. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you're not preaching to thousands of people. What if you're preaching to thousands of people? And then you actually like, then we'll see if you're humble or not. You know what I mean? Like, but God's going to bring you to a, like, he's fashioning things in my life right now that years down the road are actually going to sustain me. And I might actually have to repent of other things that I don't realize that I'm going to walk into. But because I'm in a relationship with Jesus and it's not a rules of systems and regulations that I have to follow, he's going to sustain me when I get there right? And that's why, so, that's why Jesus is saying, hey, Peter, I'm not going to teach you everything that you're ever going to need to know all the way. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to walk with you your whole life, right? That's why, it's, that's why the Holy Spirit, he just makes sense to me. I don't know why it's, it's so hard for people. I'm like, this makes perfect sense, that Jesus is going to come live on the inside of me in the person of the Holy Spirit, and he's actually going to bring to pass everything that God's called me to do, because now when I'm 26 or when I'm 45, he's still going to be walking with me. When I'm 90, he's still going to be walking with me, and I'm going to have problems and things that I need to walk through then that I'm not walking through now, but I'm going to then, right? Just think about, like, in, in this situation in my life, like, like I said, I didn't have the, 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 the need for patience with my kids until now. And the Lord could have taught me all day long about patience before. But now he's walking me through it. Do you see what I'm saying? But because I'm living with a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's the key. It's the key to the kingdom. Does that make sense? Is there any questions on that? All right, we'll have one more week on this too. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about just kind of like gifts of the Spirit and gifts and speaking in tongues and the whole nine yards next week. But I want you guys to stand with me. We're, this is what we're going to do as we finish what we've done the last couple of weeks. Amy, you want to play for us so that people don't listen to people's conversations? We'll have our guys up here pray. Michelle, you can come pray too. Like I said, I'm, I, for the next couple of weeks, 
I said I was going to preach on the Holy Spirit, make it available. I'm going to make it available for anyone that wants to be filled. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a, it doesn't, we, from now on, we're not going to preach it as a separate experience because people have done it for thousands of years and we're not going to do it anymore. But it is a separate experience from salvation that you can actually be born again and not be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's available for every single person. So we're going to open it up for anyone that wants to be filled and anyone that wants to receive or if you just want to want to talk through it a little bit more, these guys can help you with it. Okay, but let me pray for us and then as we dismiss, we'll make it available for people. Also, this is the book we talked about last week. Good call, Dina. Dina got some of them. Knew You and the Holy Spirit, spectacular. If you want, we have five of them. So if you want five, yeah, we'll buy some more. If, if they sell out, we'll buy some more. Um, there's a couple people that have been, there's a couple people that came up and there was a couple people that um, received the Holy Spirit last week. Um, but if you have questions on what that looks like even more, I think that this is a, a super good, a super, super, super good book that simply explains it. Look how thin it is. Super easy to read. Um, but come up and talk to me and we can talk about it and I'll give, it, I'll give you one. But let me pray for you guys as we finish and then as we dismiss, we'll, we'll leave it open for anyone that wants to come up and be filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? Well, Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you are a giver of good gifts and we thank you that the promise is for us and for everybody who's afar off. So Lord, we thank you that we can open our hearts and receive today. And we thank you that we can live in the power of the Spirit. Father, I pray for just conviction in our hearts to live this life that is flowing that is a river that's overflowing in our hearts to touch people, to transform, to change every situation in our lives that doesn't look like you. We, Father, we thank you that it's by grace and it's not by works. We thank you that it's by faith and it's not by our striving. And Lord, we thank you that things can change without us even knowing and without us even trying because we've been filled with a power and we give ourselves to the, to the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you, and we're so, so thankful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we love you guys. You are dismissed. Like I said, the, the, these guys will be up here to pray with anybody that wants to receive. Amen.